I've talked about it before, but I don't think there is anything more important in the archaeological record than the discovery of the holy stones of Newark, Ohio, and the stone mound found just to the south of the prominent site there. The Ten Commandments written on a stone that predates the publication of the Bible in North America is nothing short of jaw-dropping, which was undoubtedly the case when a very interesting person by the name of David Weirich found what they call the Decalogue Stone in a stone box buried at the bottom of a very large and ancient mound in 1860. Weirich was digging in the mound with four other helpers when they found the stone box buried in a well-preserved tomb complete with a featured skeleton that Indian legend said was a very important person. Legend said that each time someone passed by the 50-foot mound, they put some kind of stone on it to pay respect. And by 1860, in a very remote part of the world outside of Columbus, Ohio, the entire mound was covered with enough stones to fill a wagon 15,000 times. So the mound had been there for a very long time. The material dating around the dig site was around 50 AD. But the stone itself could have been even much older. The entire problem with the stone was that nobody who could write ancient Hebrew should have been in Ohio at that time, and the mound culture that built Newark was already being associated with the Dena and Hopewell Indians, and they wouldn't have any concerns about the Ten Commandments. So rather than embrace the find, then and since, the liberal community of academia set quickly to plant their feet and discredit David Weirich. It was mainly Democrats who moved to prove that the Newark Holy Stones were fakes. Yet all over North America, more stones were found that had the same essential problem, and entirely different people found them. The 1800s until about the 1920s was a unique period in America and science in general. Institutionalism had not been fully established and adventure was the pride of the day because people could settle in a new land without a lot of government to restrict them for the first time in known history. So fresh ideas had time to develop, and adventurous thoughts were very much in fashion. Spiritualism was a popular social topic, and amateur archaeology and digging into the history of the previous cultures was exciting and unrestricted with limits like we have today with the Native American Graves Act, which is built on the premise that Indians were the indigenous culture that had their rights taken from them by the emergence of a hostile European conquest. Such laws were, in fact, created by the types of critics that immediately came forward to prove David Weirich a hoax because the man was trying to prove that one of the lost tribes of Israel had escaped into America after the destruction of the Second Temple at a time when it was generally accepted that ocean travel was not possible. It was also popular then to talk about Atlantis, contemplate the possibilities of an ancient culture that was very advanced, and consider what that might mean to the human race. As the progressive era took hold and the intentions of socialism were being slid under the door, the attempts to get control of societies the rest of the world already had been experiencing was fully underway, and the Democrats who were seeking to establish such an institutional world after the loss of their cause during the Civil War wanted nothing to do with robbing Indians of their heritage by saying that white-skinned Europeans with their Bible culture were part of the mound culture. Yet, that is precisely where the evidence is pointing— but not quite the way that David Weirich thought of it. What liberals don't want to admit to, which is the key to most every argument against them, is that it's the Vico cycle at play with American Indians. And the dates for that influence go back much further than the early institutional controls of archaeology and anthropology care to admit. They have, over the last hundred years, purposely tried to fit all discoveries to the liberal world order narrative, and have ignored the facts that were right in front of them all along and discovered in America during a very unique period of adventure that is unique to any culture then or since. There is no telling how many stones like the Newark Holy Stones have been found that are in private collections. One of the reasons we do have these stones with the Ten Commandments on them, 
which is one of the best examples of all that have been found, is because of David Weirich and his obsession to prove that they came from the lost tribes of Israel. It was the equivalent at that time of admitting that the 2020 election was stolen. The liberal world order desired to say that election fraud was impossible where the evidence all points to the fact that it happened in massive amounts, enough to put lots of people in jail and change the fate of many millions of votes. Democrats wanted the system to save a narrative they wanted for their progressive era plans, where newly created Lincoln Republicans saw the Bible in everything, even in Indian culture, which didn't fit the narrative that Europeans were bad to destroy the history of indigenous people because liberals needed that narrative to set up their goals of destroying the concept of America with guilt since they had lost the slavery argument and had to try other methods if they were going to bring Karl Marx to the newly formed country and get control of institutionalism everywhere. Yet what the proof is showing now, in the 2020s, is that the Newark Holy Stones are part of a lost culture that were likely descendants not so much of the lost tribes of Israel but from the destroyed civilization of Atlantis. It looks like a very advanced culture in North America well before the last ice age was destroyed by an earth-killing cataclysm around 11,600 years ago. And this Atlantis culture was interacting with the entire world at the time and was seafaring to allow for global trade. And they had a vast empire in North America after the cataclysms because the various Indian tribes were scattered everywhere once their advanced culture was destroyed. There has been a lot of talk about Atlantis being a continent that sunk in the Atlantic Ocean, which I think could be a possibility given what we know about the impact radius that created Saginaw Bay in Michigan. Crustal oscillations could account for a major shifting of the oceans over land masses that could push them down, just as the weight of ice had created the Great Lakes. The Earth's crust is still pushing up against those lakes in those places. The Earth is not perfectly round, and after a major impact with a comet around 11,000 years ago, it would have been possible for a landmass the size of Australia to be sunk in the Atlantic Ocean. And keep in mind that the ocean levels at the time would have been 400 feet shallower. So there would have been a lot of coastal areas that would have been different in the times of Atlantis, and this would explain a lot of things about how a planet-killing event leaving only a few survivors around the planet to start over again with the knowledge of previous culture and all the myths born from them, that were so similar, yet developed their own peculiar traits. Given all that, it's not at all inconceivable, as the evidence points, that the Ten Commandments in Hebrew writing come from something like an Atlantis culture that moved from North America into Northern Africa and then over into Egypt, where early sons of Israel would have learned of the Atlantis stories and their culture early in the days of pharaohs. As we remember, Joseph ran Egypt during a seven-year drought because he interpreted the dream of the pharaoh, who was so grateful that he gave him the keys to the kingdom. And in that way, Moses eventually would have knowledge of all this before the Exodus and the forty years in the wilderness and the building of the Ark of the Covenant and the Ten Commandments, which it could be argued are the essential ingredients for all civilizations that want to last a few years. So yes, I think the discovery by David Weirich is one of the most important finds in the world's history. We are now unraveling the possibilities and understanding our own story of the past, which is far different from what we have been told. Rich Hoffman Click to buy the Gunfighter's Guide to Business